Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Today, I want to talk about Alberta King. Alberta King is the uh, mother of Martin Luther King Jr. And um, don't ask me why I decided to go in that direction of doing a black history conversation. But you know what? When you own the channel, you can do whatever the hell you want. And one of the things I was uh, thinking about, I was reflecting on this because I'm stunned by the fact that most black people are not aware of how Martin Luther King's mother died. Uh, Alberta King is, is the mother and uh, she died in a crazy way. And uh, I'm going to kind of fill in the blanks for some of y'all. Some of y'all may, may or may not know. Some of you may have details, but we're going to break all this down right now on drboystv.com. Get comfortable, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe. We're going to get started right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today, I want to talk about Martin Luther King, actually. Uh, don't ask me why. It was on my mind. And uh, do me a favor as we get started. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Uh, we need your support. Also, uh, we must begin the conversation by reminding ourselves of who we are. Uh, on this platform, we are what is called B1, hashtag B1. That's the hashtag uh, I'd like for you to use. Hashtag B1s means we're black first. Uh, it means we're not trying to be cool and trendy. We're trying to be intelligent and forward thinking. It doesn't mean we're trying to fit in with backward thinking Negroes. We're trying to be the black people that are ahead of our time, not behind our time. Uh, B1 means we put our community first. It means that we solve our own problems and and the black community is what matters. I'm not here to just sort of do stuff for everybody else and pretend to be black. No, I really want to be black. That's where we are. That's where our, our energy needs to be focused. So if you agree with that philosophy, if you are uh, one with that ideology, type hashtag B1 in the chat uh, and we can get started. Let's talk about Martin Luther King. Uh, this was on my mind today. I, I just took a trip to Louisville. Uh, one of our kids is thinking about going to the University of Louisville. You know, that's a big deal to me because I, I am a Louisville Cardinals fan. For those of y'all that don't know, I am from the Ville. I rep the Ville. My grandmother um, my grandmother actually was a big Louisville fan, and uh, Muhammad Ali's out of Louisville. And here's an interesting thing about Louisville that you may not know. Um, how many of you, give me a yes or no in the chat if you knew this, and, and we're going to talk about Martin Luther King's mother in a second, but uh, I want to ask you, how many of you knew that uh, about, I think about a year after Martin Luther King died, how many of y'all knew his brother died in Louisville? Did y'all, how many of y'all knew that, that Martin Luther King's brother uh, also died like right after he died? Does anybody, did anybody know that? And, and, and I, I asked you this question, give me a yes or no in the chat if you knew that. The reason I asked you this question is because Everybody knows the basic stuff, right? Right. Like everybody knows we shall overcome. Everybody knows about the speech and 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 the little white girls, little black boys holding hands, and, but nobody knows all the other stuff, right? It, it, and it's fascinating to me that when you look at the life of Martin Luther King, that 
that that we we all know who he is. We all know sort of the basics of the civil rights movement, but we don't know all these other important facts that that are connected to this. And, then, and I'm gonna tell you why this is happening. This is because you're letting white people educate your kids. You're leaning on your oppressor to give you your education, and uh, and that's not working for you. Give me a yes or no if you agree with me that maybe we need to start educating our own instead of waiting for other people to educate us. That means if you're being educated on black history, it should come from black people, not from people who are going to tell you to worship a slave master. Uh, If you want to learn about economics, it should come from black people, not people who are only going to teach you how to build white wealth, but people who are going to teach you how to build black wealth, right? When you learn about your health, uh, you should get your education uh, from people that want you to be healthy long-term in a holistic way, in a preventative way, not from people who just tell you to go and, and eat a bunch of fried chicken and go get a government shot uh, to protect you, right? Like, seriously, I, you know, if you really keep going down the list, there are so many areas where we really need to have a takeover. You know, Jay-Z used to have that song called The Hover, the H to the Izzo, right? Well, well, we need to have a takeover in the black community. We need to do a hover where we just take over everything. We take over education. We take over our own economic systems in particular. We take over our own media. Uh, we take over our children and what goes into their heads because it's fat. I mean, it's, it blows my mind, not just that you don't, you, most of you don't know how Martin Luther King's mother died and his brother died, but also most most of your children go to school and they will learn everything in the world about the civil rights movement, but won't learn nothing about Marcus Garvey. Like literally they will hide Marcus Garvey. Like we don't want, damn, we don't, we don't want the little Negroes to find out about Marcus Garvey. He's going to empower them. He's going to make them want to go build their own and they won't be good slaves anymore, right? So just like I've said to you guys a thousand times that they probably won't ever give you reparations for slavery but they will always be ready to give you preparations for slavery. Your preparations for slavery come through your educational system. Your preparations for slavery comes through your media, where they literally have trained a bunch of rappers to teach you every key to black male self-destruction. If you want to keep it 100, again, I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to tell you the truth. A lot of times when you're seeing people have consequences in their lives, whether it's health-wise, going to prison or whatever, it's because that whole, a lot, some of the music that you're taking in on a daily basis ain't nothing but garbage. It's nothing, it's designed to kill you. It's designed to destroy you. That's a, a, that's, then that's strategic. That's deliberate. That's not accidental. It's not accidental that they will promote a rapper that is mass promoting drug addiction to young black males. Because if you high and you drunk all the time, then you ain't shit. You can't stand up to white supremacy because you can barely stand up on your own damn feet. Right? You, how are you going to go and, uh, and conquer the world when you can't even remember how to go to go pick up your kids today because you, you're so busy getting high all day? Right? So they want you high. They want you stupid. They want you broke because high people that are stupid and broke can't do nothing. High people that are stupid and broke are sitting around waiting to be victimized and to be killed by a cop or killed by a gangbanger or whatever, right? They, the people that are alert, the ones who are strategic, the ones who are strong, the ones who are intelligent, you become public enemy number one. So let's get, dig back into this. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Also, I have a book called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. This is my vision for the black community for the next 100 years. You can go get the book for free at allblackeconomics.com. Please read it with your children. It costs you nothing. Uh, hundreds of thousands of you have read the book. 
I want hundreds of thousands more to read this book because this is very important. You're not getting messages like this everywhere else. Eventually, though, everybody's going to be doing it, just like with economics. Ten years ago, wasn't nobody talking about wealth building, but now everybody's talking about it. This was all part of our plan. So the white man got a plan. Well, I got a plan. He got an agenda. I got an agenda. The difference is that we just have different agendas. But at the end of the day, everybody's got an agenda. So my agenda is the black agenda, period. Do me a favor. All right, so let's keep on. Martin Luther King. How did Martin Luther King's... Um, <clears throat> So her, her, I mentioned to you that his brother died in Louisville. Um, it was really interesting how he died because he died. Uh, they said he drowned in the pool. But the odd thing was that he was a very good swimmer. Now, the other interesting thing, though, unfortunately, was that he was also a drinker. And so that's what kind of muddled, muddies the water. But I personally believe that it's not a coincidence that he died, you know, at, in his pool. And he's a very good swimmer. Uh, I personally think that he, um, you know, that, that there might have been some foul play going on. It's not a coincidence that he went down at that time. They were hunting and, and taking out anybody that they thought could uh, pose a threat to the system. Uh, Martin Luther King's gone. So people instantly turned to look to his brother and or people connected to him for leadership. Well, the, the goal is to take those people out. So so his brother goes out, I, I think, about 1969, 1970. And then his mother, <clears throat> a few years after that, Alberta, rest bless her soul, uh, she got murdered. And what's fascinating about Alberta's mother, is, or excuse me, Alberta's murder, not Alberta's mother, she is the mother, uh, was that she was actually killed by a black man. Now, how many of y'all knew, now a lot of y'all knew that maybe knew that she got killed. How many of y'all knew, give me a yes or no, if you knew that Alberta King, the mother of Martin Luther King, was uh, had her life taken by a black man? Does anybody know that? Um, and, 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 it's, and it's fascinating to me. And tell me if you're also fascinated by the fact that this is not something that kids are learning in school. I, I'm I'm utterly stunned by this that they don't teach this, and uh, and and that's what's leading me right now to do something that's probably surprising some of you. I'm literally giving a basic Black History lesson that could be found on the internet. But I said, my God, if they're not doing this in school, then we got to do this ourselves. So let me uh, let me just tell you what happened. Then I'll give you. You guys know I don't just tell you what happened. I give you the Doctor Boyce breakdown of what I'm seeing here. So it says Alberta King was shot and killed. On June 30th, 1974, at the age of 69, by Marcus Wayne Chanel, a 23-year-old black man from Ohio who had adopted the theology of the black Hebrew Israelites. Now, mind you, I love my Hebrew Israelite people. I got people that follow me that are part of Hebrew Israelite. So this, to me, is not in any way a disparaging statement about them at all. So I'm not, you know, I think that what happened then, I don't in any way, I know, I know people want to act like because somebody believes in Farrakhan and they go kill somebody, they want to blame Farrakhan. I don't believe that. I believe in, in, in individual liberty, individual choice. And so, uh, you know, the, 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 this idea that somehow because you're affiliated with a group, that the entire group is responsible for any personal decision you make. That's just dumb. That's just stupid. I'm a believer in personal choices. Uh, even this week, uh, you know, I think I think some people got a little bit, maybe a little bit uncomfortable with me or upset with me when we were talking about Black Rob and they were saying, Diddy ain't nothing, man. Diddy, 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 let him die. Diddy did this, Diddy did that. And I was like, Black Rob's a 50-year-old man. Um, I'm not saying that Diddy didn't, that Diddy did everything he was supposed to do. I don't know that business arrangement, but when you're a man, you know, I'm just being honest with you guys. When you're a man, you're supposed to you're supposed to handle your business. You are responsible for getting your health insurance. You are responsible for taking care of your health. You are responsible for doing the things you need to do to have a better life. And if you go into a situation voluntarily where another man exploits you and you sit there at the end and you say, well, and I don't think and Rob didn't say this. This was what people were saying online. He didn't say it. This is what other people were saying. Like, oh, Diddy should have done this and done that. I never grew up in a world where a grown ass man is supposed to be taking care of another grown ass man. I just I just never grew up. In the, I, I never grew up in a world where a grown man is responsible 
for the choices of another grown man. When I have friends, I have friends that have uh, gotten high. I have friends that have uh, killed themselves. I have friends that have gone to prison. I have friends that have murdered people. And I didn't, I mean, if somebody was to come to me and be like, well, boy, you should have made sure that didn't happen. I'd be like, okay, and how in the fucky fuck am I supposed to do that? How in the hell am I supposed to control the choices of another grown man? Seriously. So so I just think that in general, <clears throat> I'm not telling you guys what you can believe what you want to believe, but I'm just going to tell you there's something weird on the internet where there is this weird energy where there is there are people there. And it's just, I think it's a small segment. I honestly believe that. I don't believe the majority of our people think this way, but they have a presence of people that always look for somebody else to blame when something goes wrong in somebody's life. You know, and and I'm not a fan of that, right? So um, so anyway, let's get back to that. So so with um, so with so again, so this so the reason I made that point is because uh, just because Marcus Wayne Chenault was a member of the Hebrew Israelites, this does not speak negatively on the Hebrew Israelites. If you are part of that group, I love you because the Hebrew Israelites, as quiet as kept, <clears throat> they are light years ahead of the rest of the community in terms of the do for self ideology. They understood what B1 meant before B1 was ever a thing. Like they they get it and and they sure they have their own set of beliefs. Maybe I, I may not align with every belief, but when I meet people, the, the, I mean, I'm talking about the, the you know quality people. Every group has its, its variations, but when I meet quality people from the Hebrew Israelite group, I don't have to explain to them why you want to be independent. I don't have to explain to them why you want to educate your kids. I don't tend to have to explain to them why building black economics is important. The hardest people to explain this to is typically like your so-called educated corporate Negroes, right? The black people who have become so dependent on the white man's nipple that they don't know how to exist without the help of white people. They, they they bring in these ideas from other people just because they think that white people are more powerful. They So you're not just fighting against the, 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 the challenges that are already there. You're fighting against white supremacy. They've been infected with white supremacy. Like I, in order for me to move forward <clears throat> like a baby on training wheels, I need their approval in order for me to even have permission for me to have any type of independence. So my independence is completely dependent on their approval. Well, if your independence is dependent on other people's approval, then that's not independence. <laughs> that's dependence, right? <clears throat> dependence disguised as independence. And and as it's, it's like when it's like when they have a little baby who's on the bike. You ever see a little baby on the bike? He's on the training wheels, and they start pushing him, and he really is thinking like he's really doing it. A little baby who's playing. The, you ever see those videos of the baby playing the video game and the the, the, the plug ain't even connected, but he's playing like he really thinks he's playing the game, right? That's kind of what they do to you. They get they give you the illusion of freedom, the illusion of independence, and that's just and that's not just not what it is. Independence is real independence, and 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 I really love the Hebrew Israelites and I love the Nation of Islam because they just kind of get it, you know, at least in that area, they just get it. So anyway, moving on, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, and also, um, <clears throat> if you want to see the $5 day investing plan, you can go to the allblackagenda.com. There's a $5 day investing plan that shows you how to build massive wealth for your children uh, within one generation by investing $5 a day. There's also a link to Ice Cube's contract with Black America, uh, who actually, shout out to Ice Cube, uh, he he partnered with me. We bought a, few, a couple thousand copies of Power Nine. So we're going to give them away and I'll, I'll now see you guys when, when they're available. Uh, but um, anyway, you can go to the allblackagenda.com. Hit the thumbs up button. OK, so Alberta King was shot by Marcus Wayne Chanel, a 23 year old black man from Ohio. His mentor, Reverend Hananiah E. Israel of Cincinnati, castigated black civil rights activists and black church leaders as being evil and deceptive, but claimed in interviews to have not advocated violence. 
Chanel did not draw any such distinction and actually first decided to assassinate Reverend Jesse Jackson in Chicago, but canceled the plan at the last minute. So they claim that this guy who killed Martin Luther King's mother, uh, this guy Marcus Wayne Chanel, was planning to kill Jesse Jackson in Chicago, but he changed his mind at the last minute. Um, and uh, he had a pastor, apparently, that told him that uh, a lot of black church leaders are evil and deceptive. And uh, he took that a little bit too much to heart. Um, I do think that there's an argument to be made about uh, the fact that when you talk about things like white supremacy, uh, unfortunately, many black church leaders, not not the good ones, but the bad ones, the ones who are or the ones who are not informed or not so intelligent. Uh, they they are they have been used as tools of white supremacy. Uh, and this is actually documented. If you read books like um, Poweronomics and Black Labor, White Wealth, Dr. Claude Anderson actually talks about how, unfortunately, many black pastors have been used. They are the go to. Uh, to get black people to do anything, whether you're trying to get them to, to get a government shot in the arm or you're trying to get them to go along with some politician or to get them to go along with some policy, uh, they pretty much see the pastor as their pathway to get there. And what's interesting is that rappers are also in the same categories as pastors. Rappers are the new preachers. They just preach to the hood. They preach to the people outside the church. The pastors are rapping to the people inside the church. So pastors are rappers and rappers are pastors, and they're all preaching to their own congregation. So at the end of the day, when you see uh, propaganda that's being pushed through the community, uh, when you see politics, politicians, political ideas being pushed through the community, they're going to use the preachers. They're going to use the rappers. When you see um, when you see uh, campaigns for, uh, you know, like, hey, Johnson and Johnson is still a good company, despite the fact that these things happen when people got their government shot. Well, who, who are they going to? They're going to the pastors. They're going to the um, to the rappers. Now, the interesting thing and, and then what they might do is they might go to maybe some presidents of HBCUs. Um, I've seen them go to celebrities. Studies show that that black people are more influenced by celebrities than any other group of people because black people watch so much TV. Did y'all know that? How many of y'all knew that? This is actually written. Uh, Nielsen put this in a study where they were actually explaining to white companies. They were telling companies like, look, if you want to sell products to black people, here's what you do. Just get a celebrity to endorse your product. Get a celebrity to endorse your idea. Get a celebrity to endorse Whatever, because black people, unfortunately, because they, they've been trained to not be critical thinkers, will take in anything. They'll eat anything. They'll they'll do anything. They'll believe anything because a celebrity said it. So celebrities are, are huge in this. That's why I think it's very important to understand. Brother Nuri Muhammad. I love Nuri. Nuri's in Indianapolis. Nuri, if you're watching, I want to come see you, brother, because I just have so much respect for you. Nuri Muhammad put something on um, his Instagram, which everybody should follow Nuri Muhammad on Instagram and Dr. Wesley Muhammad, etc. Uh, Nuri said something like, Talent is not the same as intelligence. And I think even talent is debatable, right? But just because somebody's on TV, just because some executive at Viacom decided to put some Negro on TV, that does not mean that they are intelligent enough to lead anybody. Uh, in intelligence is a set of criteria on its own. Leadership is a set of criteria on its own. It's a standard you must meet independently. So even when, even with people that I just think were doing excellent work, like Ice Cube, um, I had to kind of, why, look at what the brother was saying before I just went along with it. I said, okay, Ice Cube's getting involved. Let me read his contract with Black America. I read it. I said, this is good. Wow. And he worked with a lot of scholars. He really took some time. This is nice. 
And then I talked to him. I said, okay, all right, okay, this is good. So we're not dealing with a Nick Cannon type situation because now you see Nick Cannon, um, he's he's playing the role that he's meant to play. Nick Cannon is not meant to be the leader. Nick Cannon is best appropriately positioned as the clown, right? And the, I, I saw him and he was he was doing an uh, ad for Wild and Out. Let me just show y'all. Let me show y'all um, uh, some of the imagery I saw. And it's, it's really clownish imagery. Let me let me see. Because um, they're promoting the new season of Wild and Out. Like wait, Nick, Nick did his he did a good job. He he was properly butt bro- broken. Uh, he, they they did and they're giving him his meritorious manumission. And I saw him. Uh, and I'm gonna share my screen. I want y'all to just really look at this and understand this. Like this is clown like imagery. Uh, they they basically said, okay, now you know your place. So let me show you. Look at look at the imagery here. Like this is this is a clownish uh, kind of minstrel show kind of look, right? It's like outrageous, over the top, kind of like hat cocked to the side, you know. Like 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 unfortunately, and it's kind of unfortunate because you know I think Nick was trying to become something different from that. But the thing is that you know you have you you're stuck. Like you're you're kind of stuck in the matrix. Like you have an addiction to look. He, there he is next to another funny guy, another clown, right? Again, now these these become people that you think are uh, successes, you admire that, but Kevin Hart will tell you he's a clown. Like, that's what he does. Kevin Hart is not Malcolm X, right? <laughs> and it's okay for him to be the clown. Just play your position, right? Like a football team, like the cheerleader should not be coming in trying to be the quarterback. The cheerleader needs to get to the side, put on the, put, put your mini skirt on, do some jumping jacks and cartwheels and, and cheer when the players actually go into the end zone. You're not supposed to jump in and say, I'm going to play the defensive lineman because you're going to get your not your block knocked off. Right. So ultimately, when, you know, when, when you talk about celebrities, there's a place for a celebrity. A celebrity's place is not at the front of black leadership. That is not where they belong. So any celebrity, I just encourage you, give me a yes or no. If you agree with me, every celebrity that wants to step in and become involved with whatever activism that you find to be relevant, um, I hope that you. We'll, we'll vet that person. Just give me a yes that we're going to start vetting people and stop thinking that because a white guy put you on TV, that suddenly makes you qualified to lead the, the, the entire black community. All right. So anyway, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. There's my Clubhouse information, by the way. I don't know if you guys know I'm on Clubhouse. So if you want to follow me on Clubhouse, uh, you can just follow me there. I'll, I'll, you know, and what I'm going to start doing is doing some private conversations on there. It, it, it some good topics. So uh, feel free to follow me on Clubhouse. All right. So uh, they said, uh, so here's the the story about the guy who assassinated um, Martin Luther King's mother. Uh, His name is Marcus Wayne Chenault, uh, 23 years old. So he wanted to to get Jesse Jackson, uh, but he couldn't get Jesse. So he decided to go after uh, Martin Luther King Sr., actually. So two weeks later, he set out for Atlanta, where he shot Alberta King with two handguns as she sat at the organ at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Chenault said that he shot King because, quote, all Christians are my enemies. Wow. And claimed that he had decided that black ministers were a menace to black people. He said his original target had been Martin Luther King Sr., but he had decided to shoot his wife instead because she was near him. He also killed one of the church's deacons, Edward Boykin. In the attack, Mrs. Jimmy Mitchell, a retired school teacher, suffered a wound to the neck, quote, it seemed like I was watching a scene from a bad movie play out, In uh, quote. King's daughter would later recall in her 2009 memoir, Through It All. King and Boykin were rushed to nearby Grady Memorial Hospital. Officials announced that King was barely alive when she arrived at the hospital, while Boykin was dead on arrival. King died shortly afterward from a gunshot wound to the right of her head. Um, 
that is a terrible story. That is so sad. Um, I, you know, wow. Uh, I mean, let me just, as I move forward, let me just reflect on that. Right. Um, you know, this family really made a lot of sacrifices, you know, whether you agree with everything. I mean, I think there's a lot to question with the civil rights movement. Uh, there's a lot of things that they, that maybe could have been done a little bit different. Um, I, I think that it was a little too leftist influence. I think that a black nationalist ideology integrated into like, like, you know, when you talk about integration, the first thing, the first integration that should have taken place at that time was uh, they should have integrated with Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam. That that should have been your first integration to integrate a black nationalist ideology into what you were doing. And what I admire about Dr. King so much, uh, there's many things I admire about him, is that uh, he was getting that. He was starting to get that. Uh, in fact, many of you should be very proud because right now, what you're doing, what we're doing right here in this space and in this platform is we are continuing the work of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Uh, we're realizing the dream, so to speak. We're, 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 we're integrating, we're properly integrating ideologies that, that come from, you know, some of which come from the civil rights movement, some of which come from black nationalism, some of which come from, uh, you know, the nation of Islam and, and, and Malcolm and, 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 and many of the people who didn't get along back then, um, you know, we all have an admiration and a respect for all of them, right? We, you know, we can talk about Du Bois and talk about Marcus Garvey and talk about Booker T and bring it all together, right? Into an ideology that is purely black. Uh, the reason that you want to be careful about white supremacy is because white supremacy, again, if you read books like Poweronomics and Black Labor, White Wealth, white supremacy thrives on divide and conquer. It thrives by having you say that uh, if you don't believe what I believe, then I'm going to treat you like you're just 100% enemy. Like there's no good ideas where you come from. And I think that's wrong, right? I think with the civil rights movement, there's a lot to critique there. Uh, you know, for example, I'm, you're not going to see me go into a store and get my head busted in just to have the opportunity to give a white man my money. That doesn't make sense to me. That's not logical. But uh, this idea of having some degree of access to some of these resources that in the country that we built, I'm completely in agreement with that. The idea of integration is a good concept because global economies are naturally integrated. You must integrate. Integration is not the problem. It's how you do the integration that's the problem. You see, white folks didn't integrate you into America to become captains of industry and business owners. They integrated you to become employees. They didn't integrate you to become landowners and property owners. They integrated you to become renters so that the landowners can get rich, right? They didn't integrate you to become producers of products and to make millions of dollars that way. They integrated you to become consumers of products so that you can help their companies become wealthy. So you're so you're brought in as a renter, an employee, and a consumer, which means that you are the fuel that makes capitalism thrive. So what I'm saying is not that integration itself is a bad idea. What I'm saying is that the appropriate type of integration is where you integrate and you come in and you say, okay, we can do this together, but it has to be a partnership. It's not going to be uh, servitude. We're not doing colonialism. We're not allowing you to take us, you know, to take over everything and control everything. We're here to be owners. We're here to control the ship. We want to own the car. We want to drive the car. We're not just here to ride in the car. So I think that that's um, that's the important thing. And Dr. King was getting that right. He was talking about we're here to pick up our check. Um, I believe that if um, if I, if I were hanging out with Dr. King and I was sitting there saying, okay, bro, here's here's something you might want to add, or you know, or let's 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 hear what the Black Panthers have to say. Let's listen to what Malcolm's saying. I think that a a more unified ideology 
could have allowed us to really go in for the jugular, like really go in here and really do some things because a lot of good things were happening in your community before integration took place. You had stable families. That comes from more so from black nationalism. The, the leftists, the people on the far left are not big on stable families. They're not big on households led by, you know, strong fathers and strong mothers. Uh, they're, they're into a lot of other crazy stuff. They're into the, the drugs and the, 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 the other types of relationships that are out there. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not how you build a strong community. You can't have a community where every man wants to be a woman. That just doesn't work. Right. So so a lot of the best ideas that you had in the community were built on um, sturdy, almost almost conservative ideologies that were uh, built on stability. Let's build a family. Let's build a business. Let's create a coalition. And what that those coalitions allow you to do is allow you, you to integrate in a way where people can't split you up and pick you off one by one. See, integration, unfortunately, the way it was done, it became a type of dilution where if I split up all the black people and get them all kind of scrounging for themselves, get every single mother out here trying to do it all by herself to where she's ended up in a big pile of crap and in terrible situations because she can't solve those problems because she's never been taught that, hey, a husband could actually help me solve half of these problems I have, then I, then I got her. Boom. I got her. Now Joe Biden becomes her new husband. Now Jesus is her husband and, and the state is her, 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 her baby daddy, right? So, you, so you're, you're more, you're looking up toward, uh, are you giving more admiration to the government and to Joe Biden because he sent you a government check than you are to that black man who's doing his best to be there and to be your defender and protector? The same thing is true for black men as well, right? When we are taught through music to disrespect black women, or we believe that a black man who loves black women is a complete simp. Well, guess what? You're going to be out here struggling. You got eight babies, mamas, and you're paying child support to all these different women. And next thing you know, you're broke and you don't have the support of a woman. So guess what? And you live in the fast life. You listen to the music. You, you, you're getting high on dope. You, you're smoking weed every day. You, you're getting drunk every day. You're blowing all your money. You're out here running around with hoes. Next thing you know, you're 45, 50 years old and your health starts to deplete and ain't no woman around that's been loving you for the last 15 years to really take care of you, right? Ain't nobody, and you ain't got the 401k. You you don't have the life insurance. You don't have the stability and the security and the good health that you need in order to get through the, the fact that you're not 22 anymore, right? So when you start seeing guys kind of breaking down around 45, 50 years old, it's because when you're 50 years old, you can't live like you did when you were 25. That's just a fact. And, and there's a lot of guys who do that, who, who keep living in their 50s like they did in their 20s, and that shit don't work. You better get you. You better find you a quality woman and get somebody to love your black ass. Like, stop treating every woman like she's a worthless piece of shit. Like, that's not what a man is supposed to do. Like, it don't. It don't mean you can't have your fun. It don't mean you don't have your little experiences or sow your oats. I don't judge that, but I'm saying that there is a point where you gotta understand that a woman is more than just a vagina. <laughs> like, like you can't just, you know. And the same thing is true with the ladies. You gotta realize that when you're tearing down black men left and right. You're tearing down your last line of protection. Only a real man will take the time to explain to you that a lot of the reason that black kids are being murdered and molested in the hood is because they don't have fathers in the community to protect them. There was a young lady that I used to mentor who was really sad. She was really depressed because she would go to school every day and all the girls would want to fight. All the little girls were fighting. I mean, fighting like dudes, like punching. You know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going I'm to get you up. There. Like really emotional problems. You're easily triggered. And um, and I remember I said to her, I said, out of all the girls that you that you fighting with at school, I said, how many of those girls do you know that actually has a daddy in the house? And she said, none. I said, really? So name your eight best friends. How many of your eight best friends have a father in the house? She said, none of them do. 
So, so what I'm trying to say to you is, that you don't, you don't think there's a connection? Give me a yes or no if you get what I'm saying. Please tell me if you get what I'm saying. Like, you don't think there's a connection between the fact that these little girls are going to school fighting like butch dudes, and and the fact that they don't have a daddy at home? Like, you see, what fathers do is fathers impose order in a situation. The fathers will get together. If 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 I if I'm a dad and I got daughters, like I got daughters. And if I if, if there's a, and there's another dad down the street and they got daughters and, and my daughters are gonna go and and beat the hell out of their daughters or whatever, no, we're gonna come in there, we're gonna stop that shit immediately. When the kids in our neighborhood started fighting and, and the boys and the girls are all hitting each other and all that, me and the other dads got together and went over there and said, This is not going to occur anymore. You are not going to hit a girl ever or not on our watch unless you want to find yourself, you know, on the ground. Or and, and also we would tell them the girls, like, stop provoking them, stop this, stop all of this, right? So so basically the fathers are are the the, the the keepers of order in a community. So when you have no fathers, you have no order, you have chaos. Am I right or am I right? You know, when, when you talk about little children unfortunately being molested by their mama's boyfriends. Well, DMX, DMX's story was really interesting, right? DMX was beaten regularly by his, his mother's boyfriends. Well, why are why is eight or nine, ten different men coming in and out of the house being around your kids anyway? It's not judging you, right? The original judgment, if you want to judge anybody, you can judge his father who never wanted him to be born. His father was never there, right? So, But I guarantee you that if his father had been there with him as a child, he would still be alive today. So, so fathers matter. Institutions matter. Structure matters. Stop. Don't ever let these people convince you otherwise. Now, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, if this platform is helpful to you, if you want to help us grow, we would love to have your support. You can go to intelligentblackpeople.com. In fact, I'm going to do a special lecture this week, um, a lecture on financial decision making. And uh, actually, everybody who is on the Patreon account, um, I'll send you a substantial discount. I'll send you an 80% off discount code. I'll put it up there tonight so you can actually take a look. And if you want to join us, you can. Or if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But there's, there's a URL if you'd like to support the platform. All right. So let me finish talking about Martin Luther King's mother. Uh, you guys know me. I, I'll tell you what's going on, but I'd like to give the extra spin to it. I, I apologize for that, but I can't apologize too much because that's just who I am. Um, so uh, here's the here's what happened to the man. Um, his name is uh, Marcus Wayne Chanel who killed Martin Luther King's mother. He's 23 years old from Ohio, a Hebrew Israelite. Uh, he tried to kill the father. He wanted to take, to take out the father. The father wasn't there, so he took out the mother instead, which makes him an absolute bitch. Um, here's the conviction. Chenault was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. The sentence was upheld on appeal, but he was later sentenced to life in prison, partially as a result of the King family's opposition to the death penalty. On August 3rd, 1995, he suffered a stroke and was taken to a hospital. On August 19th, he died at age 44 from complications of the stroke. So uh, he did not live long. Uh, he died very young. And uh, that whole story is very, very sad. So um, here are a couple of thoughts that I'll leave you with in terms of, uh, of just all of this. First of all, this is one of the reasons why we had to educate our own. Right. You should have known this. They, they should have taught you this 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Some of y'all. Um, but they didn't. Right. They don't teach that stuff in school. So I propose that we start teaching each other black history. And I'm going to start actually bringing some historians on. We got Dr. Claude Anderson. He's one of the history teachers, but there's others out there. So we got to start doing that Two, uh, Speaking of Martin Luther King, if you read his story, 
that is an inspirational story because he was a great black man. Sure, civil rights and the, the ideology should be questioned because civil, the civil rights movement didn't do what it was supposed to do. It actually made us more dependent on our oppressor as opposed to less dependent. But Martin Luther King lived a great life. Um, he was you know, in college at an early age. Uh, he got his PhD very early and he was able to live his best life because he was also taught principles and values at an early age. He learned a lot of that from his parents. Uh, if you ever want to see, and you remember, I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but whenever I see a person that intrigues me, I always read their bio because I don't just want to know about the, the apple. I want to know about the tree. I want to know about your parents. How did you become what you are? Like, so with DMX, I understood DMX better when I understood his mother and his father, how his father abandoned him before he was born because he wanted his mother to get an abortion and how his mother was letting all these dudes run through the house and, and beat, beating the hell out of him. And then his mother also took him to a, a boy's home to visit and left him there. So he had abandonment issues that were super deep. Uh, he should have been getting around the clock therapy. But unfortunately, when you become very famous and you're making lots of money, the people around you are not going to be the ones to force you to do what you need to do. You have to make that decision on your own. So the same thing is true with Martin Luther King. If you look back in his life, Martin Luther King Jr. is extremely impressive as a person. But actually, he's not nearly as impressive as Martin Luther King Sr. When you read the bio of his father, his father had principles. His, his father had convictions. His father had morals. His father had courage. His father stood up to white people. And so he got to see what a real man does, what a real man looks like. His mother, obviously, wonderful lady, a nurturer. She supported the father. She said, we will not eat dinner every night until your daddy gets home. When your daddy gets home and takes his seat at the table, that is when we are going to have dinner. I thought that I think that's great. Right. So here you have again, if you're talking about the blueprint for strong, strong families, you have uh, a father who understands his role as provider, protector, and also to provide love and, and support for his family. You have the mother who understands her role as nurturer. And, and maybe she wanted to be, if she wanted to be provider, right, she can do whatever she wants to do, but, but, but mostly nurturer and a support system, right? She's the one, she, the mother's the first teacher, the father's the second teacher. He had great teachers. If he had not had great teachers, he would have been led astray. Right. A lot of kids grow up brilliant, don't have great teachers. They grow up and want to become mumble rappers. They want to become thugs or they mistake. They mistakenly identify themselves as something other than what God meant for them to be. So when you choose to make a family or choose to connect with somebody, choose to hook up or lay down, uh, it's very important. Obviously, you know, for men, if you lay down with a woman, you got to ask yourself, what kind of mother is this lady going to be? You know, I know she got a big button to smile. I know she's looking good. I know the sex is great. But is that really what you want to be dealing with for the next? 20 or 30 years and having your children taught by a person who is unqualified to be an adequate teacher for your children. And the same thing for women. Uh, I know a lot of single moms who have horrible, horrible problems that could easily be solved if you had a good teammate. You know, when I, when uh, Alicia, when Alicia and I, so the kids in the house are not our kids, but uh, we are teammates. Like there's so many things that come up that literally she can't do on her own. Like, oh, she's like, okay, I can't get the baby to dance class and still go take the other baby to her, her thing and still go be at work and still get dinner ready. And I'll be like, don't worry, I'll order dinner. I'll take the baby to dance class. We got this. We'll, we'll take care of this together, right? That is teamwork. That's what a family's supposed to be. And, and, and those of you who never saw that, who have these heroic stories about how your mama did it all by herself for the last 25 years, I think it's just always important to know that it ain't supposed to be that way. And if you don't feel like you know what to do, 
Just know there are experts that can help you. There are people that can teach you how to get along with your partner. Think about this. People people love to fuck, right? Everybody loves to get with somebody and lay down and have sex and all that. Sex is natural. That's what people do. But it's like you, okay, you know how to connect your, your body parts with each other. But why is it that you have so much trouble getting along? Like, like not, not getting to the point where you're so sick of each other that you're booting your child's pa- other parent out of his life or your, or out of your life before the baby's even born. Well, you know, maybe that means that you need some help, right? Maybe that means you've got some unaddressed trauma and things that are holding you back. And, uh, and I can just tell you that when you talk about all this whole wealth building thing, you can't build wealth without having strong family structures. You just can't. I'm sorry. The lowest net worth in America is that of a single black mother. The single black mother has the lowest net worth in America. Her median net worth is five dollars. The And then she's trailed right right behind her is the single black father. Talking about the dude with with four, you know five kids and four babies, mamas who can't even make money above the table because he's hiding from the child support courts. That's not that's not a stable life, and you can't build. When you talk about building, you can't build on something that has no stable structure. You can't build on an unstable foundation. You follow what I'm saying? And your family and your community is your foundation. So the reason you're not building is because they ripped away your foundation, but you allowed them to. You continue to allow them to, but not realizing that now that you're conscious of what they did to you, that's the point where you do something about it, right? So so this victim talk, like, oh, well, we can't do nothing because white people keep doing this and keep doing that. The minute you're able to acknowledge that, the minute you're able to recognize that other people have taken away certain things from you, that's when the ball is in your court. The ball in your, because see, here's the thing. You can't blame stupid people for being stupid because most of them don't even know they're stupid. But the minute you know you're stupid, it's the day that you should work on becoming less stupid, right? You know, it's like it's like a, a baby. Like if a baby comes to you and says, "Mommy, I need you to change my diaper," well, that's the day where the baby know the baby needs to get potty trained, right? You don't put a diaper on a baby that comes to you and says, "Here, my mama told me." I, my mama literally says that I did this. She said I came in there when I was about four or three or whatever age I was. And, and I gave her the diaper and I laid back and I said, here, change me, like change me lady. Right. And she said, that was when I knew that you need to get potty trained. Right. So the same thing is true here. The minute you start acknowledging and understanding that you're a victim, that is the moment where, where, where it is your responsibility to erase and reverse the victimhood. If you're eight years old, I get that. Eight years, eight year olds don't know that they're victims. A lot of times they don't know what the hell's going on, but when you 38, and you're explaining your life by justifying your bad decisions by things that happened to you when you were eight years old? No, you're not a child. You're grown. You, If you can acknowledge your victimhood, then you can acknowledge your solution. If you can see how they did it to you, then you can see what you can do for yourself. You're aware. You have awareness now. So stop that. Just stop it. Let me keep going. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, last couple points I'll make on this is that when you're talking about Martin Luther King and uh, and the great man that he was, and I'm actually show y'all some pictures, man. I pull some pictures up, and uh, and I just really think it's great to uh, just take some time to kind of acknowledge the people that came before us and and, and the great sacrifices they made for us. Um, and so here's uh, actually a news clip of. Um, Wait, hold on. Let me let me let me shut this down. Hold on, hold on. I hit the wrong button. Sorry, 
All right, let me let me share another screen. So this is me and technology, man. I, I always end up messing it up. All right, so uh, here is a image of the newspaper um, when Martin Luther King's mother was killed. This is um, I'll, I'll make it big so you guys can see it a little bit better. Uh, and uh, basically, that's the news clipping. In case you were curious, and um, obviously a sad day, right? And then here are some other pictures here. This is the King family. And I love this picture. Um, you can see here, this is structure. This is what structure looks like. This is what I want your family to look like if you can. Um, this is, uh, I think this is the, this is his wife. Maybe this is his grandmother, perhaps. I'm not sure. And the, these are his siblings. I think that's Martin right there. And uh, the, this is his brother and sister. And uh, you scoot over here. This is uh, an image of Dr. King with Coretta. Again, structure, family, strong black woman, Coretta Scott King, black men, find your Coretta Scott King, you know, treat her like a queen, love her, you know, give her the respect she deserves. Uh, there's his mother right there. And uh, here's another image of his mother. Uh, as beautiful as she was. God bless her. God rest her soul. So um, so there we go. So there, that's the thought for today. Um, I didn't plan to talk about this today, but, um, you know, again, this is my channel, so I'm going to just talk about what we need to talk about. And I hope that this conversation was helpful to you. And I hope it encourages you um, to know that you can do anything you want in this world. Uh, but remember that being able to come together is critically important. So that means that when you're talking about your friendships, you have productive friendships, not destructive friendships. You eliminate the toxic people and you form unhealthy relationships with the good people. Right. Uh, when you talk about dating, dating ain't just for play. Dating ain't just for sex. Dating is where you're talking about, OK, who am I trying to build this empire with? And is this person a good teammate, just like basketball. If you try to win a championship and you got bad teammates, you will not win a title. You cannot do it by yourself. You cannot Michael Jordan your way to wealth and success and power. You're going to have to find teammates that can help you and support you. If you have good teammates, it's much easier to win than when you have bad teammates. Uh, so same thing is true with your children. Your children are teammates in training. So you train them right. All this has to be deliberate. All this has to be intentional. All this must be conscious. So consciousness is the word I want you to hang on. I want you to be conscious about the word consciousness and understand that that people that have success and, and power and everything are very conscious about every single thing they do. They don't run around willy-nilly. They're not going to put any substance in their body and think they're going to be healthy. They're not going to go sleep with any girl just because she got a big button to smile or get down with any dude just because he said a couple things that wowed you or whatever. They're going to be very intentional about every step they make so that uh, you can be where you want to be. All right. Because success usually does not happen by accident. All right, guys, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button on your way out. Uh, and also, I'm going to actually go live on the Black Financial Channel a little bit later and talk about what's going on this week with stock markets and everything else. I know there's conversations to be had about Dogecoin and and um, Bitcoin and, and uh, you know, the stock market in general and the state of the economy. So if you want to follow that kind of thing, you can follow the Black Financial Channel on Instagram and follow the Black Financial Channel on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe there. And uh, uh, I'll be I'll be uh, getting live on the on those platforms a little bit later. All right, so I'm out of here, guys. Have a good night. I love you. Thank you for listening, and uh, let's let's stay black, y'all. Talk to you later. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. 
DBTV Let's talk about negligence Ignorance is bliss But we can turn it to intelligence Please none of what you hear Half of what you see Let's break it down Here on Dr. Boyce TV Here we are